Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. Artist Nicholas Cole. Vincent Ngala. Jonathan Fritzen. And news with the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. Thank you for joining us and tuning in this afternoon. Um, if you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Click on Chelsea Green's picture that will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485, 646-716-5485. Um, our guest today is violinist Chelsea Green. She is is classically trained and has won many awards. Her current CD is called Still Green, the EP, and will be releasing a new CD in September called The Green Room. Chelsea, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Thanks so much, Terry. Thanks for having me. Now it's my pleasure. Now, um, I read that you were five years old um, when you started with the violin. Did you see someone play the violin? What drew you to it at that age? Actually, my mother, um, I think before I was even born, Uh. had wanted her daughter to be a violinist. So when I came out, a girl, and (laughs) she she saw that the vision could happen, she introduced me to the violin at a very young age. And they never, like, forced me to practice, and and it was never anything that – was less than fun. So when I attached myself to the violin, I knew it was something that I would just be able to do for the rest of my life. It was something that was just so fun to me. I said I wanted to keep it going. Oh, that is so sweet. Now, does your mother play? My mother does not play. She always wanted to be a classical pianist, and she never really pursued that route after she couldn't get lessons when she was younger so mm-hmm. she but we are in a family of musicians so of course we love uh, we love all genres of music and and love listening and performing and so she she's always been involved in in that way wow yes i did read that you come from a family of musicians so tell us who plays what well, okay, my father is a is a percussionist and a drummer. He performs uh, you know, marimba, xylophone vibes, drum set, everything and he's jazz and funk involved and I have an uncle that is a straight ahead jazz musician, um, tenor sax player Paul Carr, who uh has released several studio albums and had great, great success as well. And uh, my grandfather, William Green, actually is a saxophonist as well. Mm, all right. All right. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, definitely passed down to you. And you, uh, <laughs> what about brothers and sisters? Are, are you an only child? I am an only. Okay. So, yes, I, I am an only, but I have cousins that are, that do enjoy music, but they don't play either. <laughs> so. 
Well, what would your mother have done had you been a boy? Was she still? <laughs> she still would have violin? had the violin. I'm pretty sure the violin would have been involved. Yes, <laughs> in some way. Wow. All right. All right. Let me introduce you to Mike, my co-host, Mike Meek Chelsea. Hey, Chelsea. How's it going? I'm well. Hi, Mike. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Mike, you know she's in the D.C. area as well. Right. Yeah. 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 I've seen Chelsea before. Um, she performed actually with uh, David P. Stevens and uh, Jared up in Baltimore for uh, Roger Hearst. Yes. Wow. Yes. That was a very very fun event. David can yeah. play himself some guitar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Everybody okay. has to get his new CD too. It's out. It's out now. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's really good. It's good. Yes. So now you've been classic. You are classically trained on the violin. Um, I read for over twenty years. How? How? So you were introduced to it at five years old. But when did you actually start training? I actually started when I was that young. That that was kind okay. of how I was introduced to it. My mother saw a woman in Kinko's back in the day when it was called Kinko's. Now it's FedEx Kinko's or something different. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we were, you know, back in the day when you had to take the huge thing and plug it in, into the machine, and <laughs> that's very antiquated now. But um, she saw a woman copying classical music, and she had a violin case with her and she was and she just walked up to her and said hi are you a violinist and the lady said yes i am i play with the houston ballet orchestra and my mother said well i really would love for my daughter to have violin lessons and i was wondering if you gave violin lessons and and the lady said well how old is your daughter and then my mother pointed at me and I was so young and little. The the lady said, well, I usually don't start children that little, but I can't say no to a face like that. So we have wow. to get her started. So she um, is Miss Karen Hall Wilkson, and really she's been like a second mother to me since I was very, very young. And we would have violin lessons, and she would teach me all about what it was to be a violinist. And she would even invite me to sit in the pit with her for Nutcracker mm-hmm. and other performances that the Houston Ballet was performing. So I got to really experience it at a whole different level very, very young. So that made me very excited to pursue and see what I would be able to accomplish with the instrument as well. Mm. Okay, now I'm I'm picturing I have a two-year-old niece, and I'm just kind of picturing okay. her and her size and height and all mm-hmm. that. Add three years to that. Right. Are you playing a standard size violin at five years old? That's a great question. Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. I'm playing a very, very miniature version, like a quarter-size instrument. Okay. And they have very small strings, and, you know, you have to envision little tapes being yeah. on the fingerboard to show you where your fingers go. So this is, it's you start very young, and, and a lot of children even just start with plucking the instrument and, you, and using their fingers to play pizzicato and find, finding the, the fingers and, and the strings in that way. And then you introduce the bow and, and the different bow strokes and how you approach the different bow strokes. Now, all children, though, learn, learn very, very differently. So you have, like, virtuosi players like Hilary Hahn, who was performing with New York Philharmonic when she was seven. 
on mm. on like a half size instrument. So you know, playing major violin concerti. So it's it, they have very very little instruments that almost I look at because I still have my very first violin. It kind of almost looks like a Christmas ornament at this time. <laughs> at this point. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, look at this little baby violin. So yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I wondered about that. That's interesting. Okay. Now, now, Chelsea, I wanted to ask you, because I know that you performed at Carnegie Hall at age 16, mm-hmm. but uh, when did you really realize that, you know, you you had a knack for really playing a violin? Because, you know, cause like the kids at five or you know, between five and ten, you're just doing it because your parents kind of want you to do it. But when did you really start to begin to love it and really knew that that was for you? I had that moment of transformation when I was a senior in high school. I was 17 years old, and every year I had auditioned for the Texas All-State Orchestra. I was born and raised in, in, in Houston, so there was a lot of awesome violin players in in the area, and every year there we, we had a regional co- competition and a statewide competition. And, and All-State is, was always very difficult. And... I auditioned when I was a freshman on violin, didn't make the All-State Orchestra. I auditioned when I was a sophomore on violin, didn't make the orchestra. I auditioned when I was a junior in high school, didn't make the orchestra. So my senior year, I said, I'm going to audition this one last time, and if this is meant to be, then it's going to happen, and I'm going to be a musician, and and this is what it's going to be. If not, I'm going to never touch it again. And my mom was like, you're being very dramatic. It doesn't have to be like that um, because she, she's always so encouraging, and my parents are always very encouraging, whereas being reared in classical music is not necessarily always that encouraging from your teachers and, and other people that listen to you. Um, but they always encouraged me to express myself differently and musically, so what I decided to do was I said, I'm going to go pick up a viola. And I'm going to audition on viola this year instead of violin. So literally two weeks before the audition, I went to the violin shop and told the violin maker, I said, no, I would like a viola because I'm going to learn all of the Allstate music. I'm going to learn two viola concertos, and I'm going to play this audition, and I'm going to win. He said, Chelsea, you are out of your mind. (laughs) Two weeks? You're going to do this in 14 days? Do you know what you're about to do? I was like, don't ask me any questions. I can do it. So I got that viola home, and I literally practiced every single minute of every day that I could possibly squeeze in, and I got third chair in in the All-State Orchestra on viola. And so when I went to that festival, and it's like a week-long festival where you have rehearsals and you meet everybody from around the state and you work with conductors and chamber groups and smaller ensembles, that experience really transformed me to know that this is something that I wanted to really dig my feet into deeper Mm -hmm. because it really revealed a different side of what it was than just to go to your private lesson every week and then to go to school orchestra and then to go to maybe a youth orchestra rehearsal. This was kind of a different level of immersion in the music, and you were learning about the 
the musicology or, or the historical aspect of it, and you were learning about the theoretical portions and how we put together these harmonies and how the orchestra works as, as a whole, it kind of took me back to those moments when I was really young, being able to sit in the orchestra pit and look at the horn players playing with the violin, sharing the mm. melody lines and, and passing that and what it meant to make music as a collective. And so that kind of stirred that emotion to say, I want to be able to do this and I want to be able to do it on a different level. So that's what encouraged me to audition for college as a music major on the viola. Now, that was one of my questions. What is the difference between a violin and a viola and and how do why do you think that the viola made uh, such a difference in your winning the competition as opposed to you playing the violin? Well, I was always told that my sound on the violin was unique in that I like very warm textures and, and lower timbres and richer sound. Okay. Um and 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 that is something that lends itself very well to the viola, which is an instrument that looks very similar to the violin. It's held very similarly to to the violin as well, but it's larger and mm. it has the same strings as a cello. So the instrument that's seated that you would play, it has the same strings as that, but the timbre is an octave higher than what you would hear on the cello. So I like to think of the viola as the, the, the string instrument that sounds most like the human voice. Okay. It, it's a very middle, t- it, it's, it, it has a, a middle register, and really it was created to serve as that harmony in the orchestra and in, and in an ensemble. So it's that middle note. It's that alto line. And that, especially because I have a deeper voice, so I like to say it kind of sounds like me. And, mm. and it's relatable in that the resonance of the instrument is so rich and it's so warm that it's, it's able to kind of spread out. I kind of call it like the icing in the symphony. It's that icing on the cake that really kind of draws and, pull, and pulls you in first. So I just I just kind of fell in love with the instrument and how it sounded, and the music that's written for for the instrument is especially unique to make it speak kind of as a solo voice when it's really written as a harmonic instrument. Mm-hmm. So all of that together kind of made me really want to learn more about the viola and and how it translates mu- musically, and so then just kind of coupling that with my violin playing, it really makes you approach the violin totally differently. So when you were auditioning um, every year for this band, were you auditioning mm-hmm. in front of the same people? Well, I would never know because you were just ah. really auditioning in front of a sheet. So you never oh, okay. knew who was really behind there writing notes. But okay. they do give you the critique and they're like, you should, they're like, you should play viola. Or your sound is so rich and low, you should play viola. And people were trying to convince me to play viola since when I was 12, 12 years old. But I was like, I really love violin, and I don't know what that is. And so I just said, I'm going to dive in. It's a do-or-die moment. <laughs> okay, because I was wondering if you were in, auditioning in front of the same people, what, right. they, what was it they told you in your senior year that, you know, convinced them to um, – let you in the band as opposed to the previous years. 
Um, right. So, I really think know. it was just, yeah, I, I really think it was just my sound on that viola mm-hmm. that kind of changed changed the game a little bit for me because I, again, yeah, I, I just really like rich and warm sounds and, and really wide vibrato and juicy, juicy elements that, that make you feel good, which is kind of my approach to what I do with the Green Project. I I really enjoy making music that people who love any genre, classical, jazz, pop, rock, country, funk, R&B, we just want to touch somebody everywhere in their soul to to show that music is really at the end of the day it's all music that that touches us in in a special way. Okay. All right, so I mentioned that Chelsea has a current CD out. I mean, I have a couple of songs that I'm going to play for, from, uh, from that. And she also has a new CD she's working on that's scheduled for release in September called The Green Room. But we're going to play a song um, first from the EP Still Green. Um, tell me about this EP, and then we'll get into some music. Okay, Still Green, the EP, was released in April of 2012, and it's our first project um, released by The Green Project. And it features some of our original music as well as a classical work for the viola that I wanted to really use as kind of an introduction to our sound and an introduction to what we do with The Green Project. So it kind of has a little bit of everything on it where it has like kind of a more house techno track. I really love house and and techno music, EDM. And also it has some smooth jazz. Groove Ready is definitely our smooth jazz tune. Pizzicato has a more straight ahead feel to it. And then there's a classical work. And we also did a remix of Pizzicato that we're going to actually have a part three of Pizzicato on our new album, The The Green Room. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. an introduction to, to what we have coming next. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to start with Groove Ready. This is off of the EP, Still Green.
right, there you go. That was Groove Ready from Chelsea Green's um, EP called Still Green, the EP. And you can find that on her website, ChelseaGreen.com. Um, you know, Mike and I have interviewed a couple of drummers in the past, okay. and they have told us that they have a preference for wood in their drums. And I was wondering, is there a preference in the violin um, or is the violin, I read that it's made up of several different types of woods, but is there like one wood that's better than the other when it comes with, to a violin? The Well, you know, I think really it just depends on the instrument. Violins are so different, each each and every single one. And it could be because of the thickness of the sound post, the length of the sound post that's in the instrument. Okay. It could be the length of the fingerboard, the depth of the fingerboard. It could be the the depth of the wood that's actually making the body or the, the, the width of the hips or the shoulders of the instrument. So everything is so unique to each and every single one um, that it really just depends on which violin. I, I, and I know that there there are many, many different types of wood, but I think it just depends on how everything kind of works together to make the mm-hmm. instrument sound. Um, and, and like my instrument, I, I bought the instrument, but then over the years, I've had so many adjustments to it that it's not even the same instrument that I bought, you know. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can get the fingerboard shaved down, or you can get the... Um, you can go in and have the sound post moved like two centimeters to the left or right, or you know, it's 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 all very different. But I do prefer acoustic violins over electric vi- violins. Ah, okay. And that's just me. Um, and I think I think electric violins are are awesome. Also, I just love playing the the acoustic instrument, even if you do. P- plug it in to make it amplified. I think it's something about the resonance of that natural acoustic instrument that just gives it a warmth uh, that that's so much richer. Okay. All right. Now, now yeah. I want to ask you, Chelsea, when you first uh, began your journey into becoming a uh, professional artist and really about to drop a CD, did you kind of look at the landscape and, and saw the other violins out there and kind of say, well, you know, um, how how you was going to approach your career differently? Because, mm-hmm. you know, me and Trey, we talk a lot about the jazz festivals and the different um, performance uh, opportunities that are given to saxophonists because there are a million of them. But we rarely okay. see, like, a violinist <laughs> on the bill. You know, so did, did you kind of look at the landscape and say, well, this is what I'm going to do differently to kind of get myself out there? I actually, I can't say that I did, to be honest. I knew that when I wanted to start something, it was just birthed from a desire to share my voice and share my music. And and I didn't. I don't even think that I thought about it necessarily a certain audience that I would target or a certain genre that I would fall into, which is one of the things that made it kind of harder for me, I think, when, when I did release Still Green because it has several genres kind of identified on it um, that, you know, we're not really necessarily one direction per se. I just wanted to make music that I knew made me feel good and hopefully I could share with someone to give them an opportunity to, to listen and say, you know, is this 
this is something that I can get into. Or, or like, I love it when people come to our shows and they're like, we saw a violinist was going to be on the bill, and we was kind of scratching our head a little bit, like, eh. <laughs> And then they leave the show and they're just like, you completely just blew my mind. Like, I was not expecting that at all. And that is exactly what I do this for, to tear down the stereotypes of what a violin is capable of. You know, a violin can be, can be anything, and it can play any kind of music, and I think that is what my goal was. So I absolutely looked to all of the other violinists that are phenomenal, you know, in, in their own right and what they do and how they present it. And I just think everybody's style is going to be so unique that it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of come out in the wash either way like you'll you'll be able to hear yes this is this is chelsea this is not chelsea you know so um but but i think it's natural for people to say oh you're you're a violinist and you know do you you know do you do this like this person or or do you ever look to this person to do what they're doing so i think you know it happens a lot in classical in classical music too there are a lot of touring solo classical violinists um, that that often get get compared and 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 whatever in in that way, but I think everybody is so unique with how they present it that that there are differences. And you know, you answered my question regarding the reaction um, that you received because you did perform at the Mid Atlantic Jazz Festival and the Lake Arbor Jazz Festival, and I just wondered what was the reaction to the audience um, to you when they saw you come out on stage with the violin. But I'm glad that you got a really good reception from that. We well, do it. Well, well, you know, Terry, I can actually answer that for her because when I seen her in Baltimore. <laughs> I had that same kind of, well, she got a violin, you know, she's going to be okay. You know, she's going to be all right. But when yeah. she started playing that first, oh, my God, damn it, she, she ripped it up. <laughs> and then, you know, and then she had her heels on, too, Terry. She had her oh, heels Lord, on. Oh, here we so go. On Those look, heels. The girl, the girl did the thing up so bad, she just walked off the stage. I mean, just dropped the mic just like, uh, you know, uh, Randy Watson just walked off the stage. And everybody was sitting there stunned like, damn, she just... She, she, the girl killed it, and I and, and I was one of those ones that were like, oh, she's gonna be all right. But after she left, I was speechless. I was I was just floored. Wow. She was awesome. that is truly truly an honor because I mean I just like to, especially little kids too. I like to see them say, you know what, I'm at school right now learning how to play violin and kind of not really feeling it. But if we can do that, then that that's kind of what, what I want to do, you know? And I'm like, that's exactly what my goal is, just to kind of totally obliterate any stereotype of what the violin is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you is definitely awesome. do that. Yes, that sure is, is awesome. And Thank then do you. you. Are you teaching the younger? Are you doing, like, any classes for for kids in violin? I do teach privately. Mm-hmm. I okay. do teach privately, and I am currently pursuing my doctorate at the University of Maryland. So I do get opportunities to teach at the college level from time to time, and we work with, you know, different techniques and and other types of training that that's kind of non-classical and, and classical. So, yes, I do get to teach, and one of the – Parts of the Green Project that I am most proud about is our educational outreach program. Mm -hmm. And we literally take the whole band into a school 
a Girl Scout troop, a Boy Scout troop, or any kind of organization, and we perform and give kind of an educational lesson and performance to to the kids, and we not only talk about the violin, but we talk about all of the instruments that are part of the Green Project, and we even get to write a song together, which is always my favorite part. So we really like to kind of open their eyes to genres of music that they are familiar with, genres that maybe they're hearing in music that might be playing on the radio but they don't realize is a sample from the 50s or the or the 60s, some Motown in there, you know what I mean? We we really try to open them up to live music still existing, people still playing live music and what it means to learn and create and make live music. And you know what else I like is that I like that you and other violinists are not just keeping the violin and classical music, that you are taking it out into other genres where really the violin shouldn't be, but you're introducing it to those genres and to people, you know, that are not, that are not familiar with that. And, you know, kind of opening up their eyes to that and to see what this instrument can do in R&B, in rap, in hip-hop, whatever, whatever genre you tend to go in. So I like that you guys are doing that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I just try to make the violin be representative of a voice, really. It is a voice. And what I always tell audiences as well is just because it's instrumental music doesn't mean it's without a story. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of what I create and a lot of my original music is based from an experience or or a story that I have have in my head to share and illustrate through my violin. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's get to the next song, um, Pizzicato. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, it's Pizzicato. Pizzicato. And and it's to represent the plucking of the string. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. This is Pizzicato.
That was Pizzicato from Chelsea Green's Still Green, the EP. Um, regarding that, you said that has uh, a, that's a reference to plucking the strings on the violin? Yes. How long does it take your fingers <laughs> to get used to that? It takes, I would say, probably about... If if you do it a few times over a few days, that's all you need is is to get your fingers calloused yeah. in order to go ahead and take it. Because if you really vigorously pluck um, for any amount of time and then just never do it again regularly, then you'll get blisters. Oh, so, goodness. Yeah, so you you need to kind of warm it up and and allow your fingers to uh, to understand that feeling of what it is. And there's different techniques of how you pizzicato. There's there's like a Russian Bartok pits, which is something that's much more vigorous and intense. But then there's a softer timbre of pizzicato that you just use the, the pad of your finger. So it's all very very different to the technique that you're using. Okay, okay. Um, I wanted to ask you, I mentioned earlier that you have won many awards, so please tell us about the awards that you've won. I mean, you're so sweet to say many, but we <laughs> we, we have had some wonderful um, and, and very God-sent opportunities and blessings. We were awarded with an ASCAP Plus Award a couple years ago, and we've also received the Young Entrepreneur Grant from Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated for two years, which has been a blessing to us. And we've also, we also were selected as an artist in residence at the Strathmore Music Center mm-hmm. in the season of 2010 to 2011. So we were able to um, be featured several times in, in the newspapers and on several TV stations and radio stations, as well as get a featured month of performances at Strathmore. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, you've performed, um, you know, at a lot of different events across the country. Uh, I know most recently here you did the uh, pre, uh, pre-dinner for the BET Awards. Um, yes. You know, you've done the Tony Hall, but all, all of these different events that you've done, which one has been the most memorable for you? Oh, goodness, that's not fair, Mike. That's not fair. <laughs> um, I, I really can't. I mean, I'm going to pull the womp-womp cord on this and say there's not one because each one has a memorable moment that lives with me. And, and really, every single time I get to perform and play my instrument again, it really is truly a blessing from from God. Just one more opportunity to play and share our, our voice with with others and, and share what we have to, to give. And, I mean, something like the BET Honors Dinner where you're literally performing your arrangement of Higher Ground in front of Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where you're literally performing – Mar- Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" in front of Barry Gordy, who's just looking at you. Um, you know, it's it's something about those experiences that really just wake you up in a way that you know this this is something that is special, and, and this is a very big honor to to do this. So so it's quite humbling to have the opportunities to, to perform, and I'm I'm extremely grateful. 
And speaking of Stevie Wonder, I would like to read a quote that he said. He says, Chelsea, I love your artistry. You're wonderful, simply wonderful. And that was from Stevie Wonder. That's awesome. Yes, I I was blown away um, to have the opportunity to even be in the same room with him, let alone perform for him and talk to him. Uh, so, so again, yeah, just very grateful for the opportunities and for the people that believe in our arts and believe in what we do and for them extending those, those opportunities. And to all of our supporters that I call members of the green team, we love them and, and we love them sharing also. And, and cause that, cause that's what helps us build and grow is word of mouth and people enjoying and, and passing along the word. So we are grateful to everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, you know, people, they are passing word because, I mean, that's the reason why I kind of asked that question because you've been having some real high-profile gigs. You know, I follow you on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm looking at your Facebook profile, and, and I'm, you know, and even after you did the gig in Baltimore, I'm like, yeah, well, then you, you went from there to another gig. I'm like, she's just, you're just off and running everywhere but these gigs, these, these opportunities that, that you're getting, like, so they're definitely coming because, you know, you are uh, highly favored. And, like, and people are really digging your uh, sound. And they, they, they're they really passing the word along, like, the word of mouth. They really well, are. That, I mean, that that is such a blessing. And, and, again, it's very humbling because I just come from the perspective of, you know, the Green Project started out of, necessity really for me to want to play and for me to want to perform. I moved to the DC area about I guess 6 or 6 or so year, years ago now and I didn't know anybody and I didn't know what what steps I was going to make in that direction to be able to to perform and even just be able just to get some gigs. Um, so I started kind of working and performing at some open mics, and just from day one, it's DC has embraced me and and my voice in a way that only God has has governed, and and so I'm absolutely grateful to the DMV for their love and continued support, and I just pray that we can keep growing and keep sharing our voice with with more and more. Well, I am thankful that the DMV area has accepted you, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Mike knows okay. what I'm talking about, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> but I'm glad you're yeah, doing Yeah, because, you know, I mean, like, I didn't know that you were only here. You've been only here for six years, so that's something yeah. I didn't know. And everything. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, you were, I, I actually thought you were originally from here. No, I was born and raised in in Houston, Texas, and I went to undergrad at the university uh, at the University of Texas in Austin. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. kind of what introduced me to the area was when I started pursuing my master's degree at the Peabody Conservatory in Baltimore. And it was in Baltimore where I decided, you know, I'm going to join the the Musicians Union and take the auditions for some symphonies in the area. And I started subbing with some regional symphony orchestras, which was an awesome opportunity and and still is. And I love to perform classically in that way. And then when I was finishing my master's degree, I started playing at some open mics and meeting meeting some other people and we kind of formed the green project and started playing around with some ideas and we've grown to be what what it is now and i just again 
thank God for for what has happened and what he's allowed and pray that that we're able to continue to grow and increase and and share our voice with the world. I mean, ultimately that that's what we all love to do as artists. <laughs> so, Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I want to talk about your upcoming CD, The Green Room, and I'm going to close the show with the um, song from that. It's called Dr. Funk. So tell us about this upcoming CD. The upcoming CD, I am so excited about it. We It, it has been a labor of love from from day one. Uh, and it's going to be our first full-length project. It's going to have 10 songs on it, and it's going to feature organ, guitar. We have the mohorns. The horn section came and shared some love on on the record. So I think it's just something that's been such a beautiful collaboration between so many people that I enjoy working with, and uh, I just hope that everyone enjoys it. And this, this first single, Dr. Funk, is uh, is a song that came to me out of my dad's love for funk music and and me growing up in in that and the band had challenged me to come up with something that we could play that that was fast and we had a lot of runs and we could really kind of get get fancy. <laughs> so, ah, okay. So this, All right. This is where that came from. Yep. Okay. I also want to mention that if you want to see Chelsea play, um, there are some videos on YouTube. And I, I watched a couple of your videos. I saw the one you did with um, Doc Martin. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So I definitely love go working with Doc. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, so, yeah, def- definitely go to YouTube and check out some of her videos. And where are you performing next? We are going to be performing tomorrow in Silver Spring at Vincino's. Italian restaurant is in downtown Silver Spring, and that's at 7 p.m. And we'll be performing a big Labor Day weekend show that um, the listeners today and our email list will know that our new project is going to be available for sale, a pre-sale, early sale at that show. And that's going to be um, on August 31st at Magoobie's. Um, in Baltimore, Maryland, and that's going to be at 5 p.m. So all of that information is available on our website, www.chelseagreen.com. All right. And are you on um, – I know you're on Twitter under Chelsea Green, but you're also on Twitter under, under Green Project TGP um, yes, for the ma'am. Green Project. Are you on um, Instagram? I am on Instagram at Green Violinist. Okay. And, um, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Chelsea Green and the Green Project. I please would love to connect with everyone and and have you all as members of the Green Team. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, count me all down right. as a member because, like I said, you've definitely, you know, um, kind of wowed me when I first saw you. And I'll definitely be – and I will be at the 31st show in Baltimore. Uh, okay. Awesome. I'll definitely see you again. So, yeah, so I look forward to seeing that. Well, thank you so much, and thank you to you both for the opportunity to be on the show today and chat with you. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you. It's been our pleasure, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what we're here for, to the... really, to get the word about you get the word out about artists like yourself, you know, to the fans and to the people out there that don't know about you. You know, we definitely want them to know about artists like you, especially mm-hmm. artists like you, because I mean. 
you know, like me and Tristan, we, we've interviewed thousands of saxophones. I don't get into that again, but <laughs> when somebody's just playing the violin like that, we really want them to support, uh, you know, support different instruments and, and not just one. So for you to come right. out here with a violin and just rip it up like that, definitely support <laughs> this young lady. I mean, she, she, well, she, she, she's a beast, Terry. Terry, the girl's a beast, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. The girl's a beast, mm-hmm. yes. Well, definitely. thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you for giving us the opportunity, Chelsea. It's been a pleasure speaking yes. with you. Thank you so much, and I hope that that we get to talk talk again soon. Yes, ma'am. Definitely keep us in touch. Um, definitely let me know, you know, about the new um, project, and we'll have you back on to talk about that. Perfect. Thank you okay. so much. All right. All right. All right you Chelsea. have a great day, and thank you. All right. You too. All right, all right. That was violinist Chelsea Green. Um, her current CD is called the Green, um, the Green, Still Green, the EP. And then her new project, The Green Room, is scheduled for release in September. Um, so definitely look for that. Her website is chelseagreen.com, and you can follow her on Twitter at Chelsea Green and Green Project TGB on um, Instagram, Green Violinist, and on Facebook. All right, Mike, do you have anything to add before I close? Um, not so much. Like I said, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we got the opportunity to talk to this young lady. Like I said, I, I've seen her live, and, you know, it's just a totally, it's, it's like an experience seeing this young lady live. And uh, for those of you that are listening now, and if you ever see her in your town or city, definitely go support this young lady. Uh, she's definitely worth the 25 to 35 bucks that you'll pay. And like I said, you will definitely get your money's worth, and, and you'll be coming home with, with, with two cities now from her mm-hmm. uh, when she yeah. releases this one on the 6th, on the, in September. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show. I'm going to close with Dr. Funk. It is, this is from the upcoming CD, uh, The Green Room. So I'm going to close with that. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz with your host, the Jazz Queen. And Mike Reynolds. And we look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again next time. Until then, keep it smooth. Thanks again, Chelsea. Thank you so much. Thank all right. All. This this is Dr. Funk.
thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Please visit our website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com and Mastermind-Entertainment.com. Join our Facebook fan and group pages and follow us on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen and The Daily Grind. That's T-H-A Daily Grind.